0: Shella in the stores, you tell me who flopped, who copped the blue drop, who jewels got black, who's mostly go she down, who's the who blue drop, the same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp, can't stop, try my name on a blimp, guaranteeing me it sells probably level up. Okay, we're here, this, run, this run, is Reads
1: and Meads, I'm Shelly Smith, and this is our 20-something episode, and uh I have an entirely new configuration of people here, it's so... Super fun. And so we're going to catch up on some news of the week, and then we're going to talk about Kyle Cease, the illusion of money. And uh, so let's see who's here. So Colin's on the board. Hey, Colin.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Colin does the board for Jazz Cabbage, long-running cannabis news show, Yep. among a million other things, activities and-
2: Bunch of activities. Activities.
1: <laughs> Okay, Jeff Muir is here. Say hi, Jeff. Hi, hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah, and so I'm so excited Jeff is here. If you're listening and you happen to go to 51st Jokes, Mark, he made the poster design. Oh. Those super cool posters.
3: All six of them?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the design. Lucy yes, and, uh, yes,
1: the Lucy Groucho. and the Groucho. And there was one more, wasn't there?
4: Well, you didn't approve that one. But I loved
1: it. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I, I loved Burnett. it. I just, Carol I was Burnett. getting out of control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was just printing uh, too much. <laughs> I, I, think,
3: I think that event is going to go on for many years. So, save, so. save all of your drafts. Yes. I think there's going to be more and more of those. That's a great oh, event. Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. And then did you see that calendar I made? Mm-hmm. So he did three or four panels of that calendar also, designed them. So Good work. And uh, he we have a, a really good mutual friend, Colleen. Hi, Colleen. Hi Colleen. And she made these delicious brownies. And uh you're welcome to have some. And uh what else? So then we've got Mark Sweetman here. Hello. Hello. And, um, Mark and I have done a podcast in this studio before. Yeah. About adoption.
0: About? Yes. It was about
1: yes, the adoption and the, yes, it was fascinating. Yeah, Tina, a, Tina Green. Tina Green. Was with us? Yeah. I yeah. And that, that was when I was trying to start a series called The Shit That Shapes Our
0: Lives.
3: <laughs>
1: and I did two episodes and, and it now was, we've
3: got brownies. And now
1: <laughs> we've got brownies. Um, so I haven't seen you since 51st Jokes. How's your decade
3: going <laughs> so far so, well i've turned 60 since i saw you Linus. oh
1: my gosh congratulations so i i've
3: got all the discounts now and i'm yes full advantage. i'll never pay full price for a movie again
0: nice
3: <laughs> it was funny when i turned 55 i got a list of all the things that you get at 55 yeah and then at 60 there's a few more and by 65 now the airlines and the trains are, are in on it too so. <laughs> but 60 is when most of them catch in you know, wow of the, I can, I can, I can get a fifty cent coffee at McDonald's. I feel like I'm living large. You know?
1: Yes, fifty cent coffee. I know. I know. <laughs> that does sound real nice. Yeah. Until real I'm, nice. I'm just
3: waiting. I just, you know, just just because I'm a comedian, I want to have somebody when I go and ask for a refill. They go for fifty cents. You know, that yeah, exactly yeah. For
1: that. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! So yeah.
3: I still got three teenage girls at home, and that'll kill me. Three teenage uh, girls.
1: Uh, and, um, have you done shows? Have you tried your f- your first joke? So I, he was in 50 First Jokes. Right. Yeah. Oh, you guys were
0: both there. Yes, so we were awesome. all there. That was so great. Yay.
1: What joke so did fun.
3: I do? I, don't, I can't yeah. have written, written You a had lot two. Since then. You're like, this two. one
1: works. I'm not going to do Yeah, I didn't, didn't do
3: this, this. The second one was a little it bit. It was
1: something about Trump and like,
3: Oh, I know what it was. Well, what what are you going to do for me or something?
1: uh, No, I said
3: no. I said my kids are always interchanging justice and karma, as if it's the same thing. Oh, that's karma. That's justice. No, 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 no. Justice is we get Trump out of office either by, either by uh, impeachment or election or however, and now we're able to try him in state courts because. Obviously, uh, he can go to jail for state crimes and he can't be pardoned by the next by Vice President Pence, who would be President Pence. And so I see that as justice. Karma is his first night in jail. His cellmate goes, yeah, we'd like you to do something for us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
3: I got a great response. So I didn't yeah. tell my second joke. My second joke was about I had uh, uh, Uncle Earl and Aunt Phoebe. Uh, And and they're just characters I made up. I don't have an Uncle Earl and Aunt Phoebe. But those are the names. If I had relatives. I want
1: them to exist. I I bet Earl and Phoebe are
3: awesome. Earl and and Phoebe. Earl and Phoebe. Those are the people I imagine would be if I had Trump supporters in my family. They've got a
1: wiener dog.
3: (laughs) For sure. And and a
1: great like meatball recipe. (laughs) They always bring a big crock pot full of meatballs. Exactly.
3: exactly. Earl
1: and Phoebe
0: are coming. Earl
3: and Phoebe are here. (laughs) Put away the other meat. Get that
0: damn dog.
3: Earl Earl and Phoebe are coming. (laughs) That that dog is the worst dog I've ever seen, except for the one that they bred with the Mexican rat that they (laughs) thought was a dog. Oh, my God. Earl and Phoebe. I don't
1: don't want to forget about that.
3: Earl and Mm Phoebe. Earl and Phoebe, and I can't, I'll have to go check my notes because I can't remember what the joke was exactly, but it had something to do with. it had something to do with paying porn stars off or something like that, and I can't...
1: I can't believe I can't Earl and Phoebe would be mixed up in like Maybe <laughs> strippers, but
4: not
3: porn stars. Right. No, just because, just because I, uh, I can't remember what the joke was. Did I tell you what that joke was, Earl and Phoebe?
1: No, but I think these should be characters in our little... <laughs> little. Exactly is that, that what you were same. thinking? Literally, oh, I my God, they're well, such characters.
3: <laughs> well, I tell you, one of the I, I just had a class reunion in August, my 40th, which was 41 years after... Our uh, actual graduation, but that's how you do it, you know. When you're when you're busy people and don't have the time, you have your 40th reunion at under 41st year. But one of the wow. staunchest one of the I don't
0: think I've ever been to one, one
3: of the staunchest time. trumpers from my high school class is now a, is now makes his living growing hemp and selling hemp oil.
1: Of course he does. That's the world <laughs> we live in. It's so weird. I
3: know. I know.
1: It's super weird oh my goodness so um yeah so uh both of these guys are working to change policy on ethnogenic plants so all
5: right.
3: they're oh, there right. right you used use a use five dollar word you oh. <laughs> 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 uh
1: like mushroom like psilocybin oh okay right so uh decriminalized nature is the movement that is t- presenting to the township a resolution no, c- the
2: city the city not the township
1: the city uh to decriminalize
2: and and theogenic, theogenic
1: plants. Entheogenic. And, and
4: fungi. So we're and trying to get guy. the city council to yeah. so um, he's the
6: campaign director. decriminalize
4: it. Yeah. And if we can't get them to do that, we want them to put it on the ballot and let voters decide. And if they won't do that, then we'll move toward... Uh,
6: They'll bring in a heavy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, we'll, then we'll go for, like, signatures. Don't make
1: me
6: call
0: her heavy.
1: Heavy. <laughs> And it's me, and I'm all like, thank you.
3: thank you, We're thank Shelley you for sending Shelly in. Thank you, Mr. Mayor <laughs> and council members. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, I'm Shelly Smith. You know, you know, John Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, you know, John yeah. Sinclair, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. We, uh, you do too. Yeah, do you? you know, John yeah. I went yeah. to
4: high school with his daughter. We were in the same yeah. class. We yeah. Well, he's always
1: a, he's just from so many meetings and things and hash yeah, so bashing. For
4: me, though, and... he was just like another dad who showed up at community high Sure. Sure. And, yep. uh, he is. He That's totally the thing. Was. He was like, is. that guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. You're so. like, why would they be picking on that guy? Exactly. Yeah, That's why he's, he's awesome. been such a great kind of lightning rod for activism like, because people are like, why are we fucking with this guy? Right. You he, know? Always, he, always,
3: he always knows. He doesn't remember me all the time. And so every time I see him, I go, right. I thought you were in Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've never been. Oh, it's, I'd it's like to go.
3: Orleans, we should plan yeah. a trip, okay. Shelley.
1: Yeah, Where let's go in a couple weeks. Okay, <laughs> let's go.
2: <laughs>
3: okay, we'll cold. we'll
1: talk about it. We'll so talk about it.
3: Now, does so, this, does this move on your part for the say the word again?
1: Ethnogenic.
3: Ethnogenic. Is this have it, Were you inspired by the trip that you took? when you took the uh, oh
1: my gosh you heard that story yeah.
3: well i've been acids,
1: um <laughs> no it was five m5 five mao dmt so yeah it was it was
3: i want you near me anytime i do drugs I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, I need we knowledge. have people
1: that do that professionally like that you know you need a little caretaker in yeah. fact we, we just so Sitter. there's a there's a group that we're also all involved in called um, Michigan Psychedelic Society. And our friend Julie, who was on my last show, is the president that she like created that organization. And so they have regular meetings. And on Saturday night, this is what's interesting about being in that meeting is um, people go around the room and this woman is a minister, she, she is a minister at a hospice. Then the next person is a neuroscientist, mm-hmm. doctorate, <laughs> yeah. advisor at the University of Michigan. And the next person is like, um, my brother's a veteran and he just went through ayahuasca mm-hmm. and it changed his life. And now I'm super curious and I drove an hour to get here. And you know, so all of a sudden right. you realize like, Oh, this is a really interesting cross section of people. Mm-hmm. Um, hey who is it (laughs) so anyway it's fascinating cross-section of people and uh yeah and so there is there are people in that meeting who stand up and say i need someone to be with me while i do mushrooms and then there's another person that goes i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) what's your schedule like (laughs) And they like hang out (laughs) and they go to the arb or they
3: now have you done that book yet about the journalists who um who, who did the, uh, the smoke signals did the, was that the name of it? He was a journalist and he was okay. studying. Um, he was studying the trips that were being taken and there were, um, there were people that were doing it for medicinal purposes.
1: Well, uh, there, there's so many books like that. Okay. Like, um, how to change your mind, Michael Pollan.
3: I think he's like, talking about, right. I think you're talking yeah. about entheogenic
2: plants or like ayahuasca oh. or something. Not, well, how to change your marijuana. Mind.
1: No, how, oh. how to change your mind by Michael Pollan is about that psychedelics.
0: Sounds, yeah. It's yeah. so about like
1: he wrote in defense of food, Omnivore's journalist. Dilemma. Yeah, yes, that's the Yes, guy. Omnivore's yeah. Dilemma. So, so Michael Pollan writes about food. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so How to Change Your Mind was one of the books we did, gosh, probably over a year ago. And it was shortly after that experience that I told you about, the yes. like storytelling event. Yes. Oh, I forgot you knew about that. I was fresh off you of were, that.
3: You were. You could tell me the story. Right. I bet that story isn't the same now. We it's probably, still
1: pretty big. because I, I was talking about it Saturday night and Jeff was there and I said, No, still it was raw though. It. When you
3: told it that night, it was pretty raw. Yeah. I mean it just happened.
1: It's a surprising feeling.
3: Yeah, it's a really crazy <laughs> I had a I can still tell the story. It's I pretty like it. my eyes
2: like light up and I <laughs> like I start to feel it was the sound. Wondrous. <laughs>
1: Certain smells, like yeah. certain yeah, like,
2: there's smells that copes. like trigger it, yeah, or if you're like, like I don't know, I like stare into something, and yeah. sometimes I just like I'm lost for a second. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not driving, I'm sure, like- no, <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about
1: the book.
0: Um, we
1: just keep talking about things. Uh, hey, but before we get to the book, which I'm very excited about, um, I I did I looked at these analytics, uh. I, I, I've been trying to learn more about this podcast that I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, and I found analytics and it was like, Oh, there's been 170 plays in the last three or four days. And I, I was like, what? Who is listening to this? You know? And then you can pull up different regions of the country and like, who's listening. So Spartanburg, South Carolina is basically my hometown. And there was all these people listening. It's, Spart- I haven't lived there in 25 years, you know?
2: Shout out to So them.
1: shout out to Spartanburg. Right. Who are you?
3: Let's do the little, <laughs> little Shelly Smith little podcast yeah. here. That's- Maybe you should
2: do a podcast down there.
1: Yeah, I want to. Well, I was just saying, like, I, I, it dawned on me, like, if you're the person who lives in South Africa or you're the person who lives in Miami, like, who are you? And message me like tell me how you found out who i was like if you're in indonesia or somewhere and you happen to be listening to this please let me know how you found me because it's interesting i'm super interested to see like why this came on your radar and it would be very interesting to know you um so the book that we are talking about today is the illusion of money by kyle cease um who am i by the
3: way
1: who you've met yes. in L.A.?
3: No. I actually, I met him in Orlando.
1: Really? Uh, what was the circumstance?
3: About 30 years ago, I was uh, working in Orlando, and um, uh, the big guy, uh, Louis Anderson. The big <laughs> Louis guy. Louis <laughs> Anderson was, yeah. uh, was working in town, and uh, Orlando was like at the, Well, at the time, Detroit was like that, too. We're talking about back in like 1990. Right. Where you'd have six, seven clubs in each city.
1: Yeah. Like and, full comedy clubs yep, yep. catering to comedians.
3: Yep, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for when I was born, but
0: yeah.
3: Um, and so we'd all kind of go and see, you know, whatever was an off night. And this is back when we were doing two and three shows a night sometimes. Mm-hmm, and not all the clubs mm-hmm. did that. So if you're at a club weekend, one show each night, you'd go off and find
1: another show to be on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I lived in LA at the time, but, uh, I rarely saw Louis, so I just thought I'd go and see his act. And Kyle was his opening act.
0: Oh, wow! And
3: so I met I met him, and he was uh, he he and Louis ended up doing um, not workshops like camps, uh, comedy boot camps type things. Oh, yeah. They were very pricey, but I think you know from reading his book that you know he 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 thought he had the product that he could get a yeah. lot of money for and, and and
1: the thing is is you can charge whatever you want you
3: can you know what
1: i mean i've been to ten dollar improv classes and i've been to hundred dollar improv classes and they're like they're
3: both good they're both, yeah. you know yeah. like
1: whatever but like if you want to go to it but
3: louis was play. louis was louis was the draw but kyle was yeah. all the work and, right. a, and a lot of the stuff he talked about was really more advanced than for than for
1: um like a beginner
3: yeah it was too advanced like for a beginner well, you can tell by reading playoffs. this book that it was yeah. he he gets very deep into some stuff oh yeah and so uh, if you were like moving along and your career wasn't moving along that would be the seminar to take for the yeah, kids for sure
1: for sure and
3: uh I, what happened was a lot of especially in the nineties mm-hmm. when everybody could just you know drop a hat and make a living you know yeah. people were quitting their day jobs left and right uh, there wasn't that much need for what he was doing. Uh, oh. Because everybody who had gotten, if you were a beginner, you didn't need all this high-level stuff that he was talking about. Right. But if you were, uh, uh, if you're somebody that had already been working, what did I need a class for? I'm already making a living at it. Right,
1: right, right. Well, it's interesting. So that leads us into, um, I I hadn't heard of him, really, when I got the book. Someone recommended it to me a while ago, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, sure. Because it would fit in the mix. You know, it's very interesting mix these last few shows. And so I'm like, okay, this will be more I have we haven't done anything in the kind of open your mind, make more money, <laughs> anything <laughs> like that in a while. And um I usually love that kind of stuff. I usually buy right into it and <laughs> think it's amazing. And so uh but the reason why you met him is because he was a stand up comedian. Right. He was trying to make it in the movies. He was in a few movies. Um and then he kind of realized that that wasn't as satisfying as the work that he wanted to be doing. And then he, uh, wrote a book called, gosh, I hope this fails or something.
3: Uh, you know what? It's on my, it came up yeah. for me in my, um, here it is. I hope I screw this up. I
1: hope I screw this up. So he was, he was actually, <laughs> the, the, acting the, subtitle, and the he...
3: subtitle for this is good too. I hope this screw this up. How failing, how falling in love with your fears can change the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's this great book that is, um, it's very interesting because I I see kind of why it's been really successful. One is because if you're a business person who's in sales or something, did something just happen to my voice? voice. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So, um, if you're a business person, you're going to want to probably get it because it sounds like something powerful you need to know, like how to win friends (laughs) and influence people or something. And then if you're like spiritually, if you like the way spirituality interacts with everyday things, you're probably going to like it. Or if you like the idea of somebody who used to be a star in their views on things. So I think there's probably a, I, th- I think there's a little something for everybody. Yeah, lots of good
3: reasons
0: to, yeah. <laughs> to to re- check it, it out. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a,
1: yeah, it's interesting. Okay. And he's funny. and it, So so. tell me your first couple of thoughts, Jeff, Uh
3: I, I think the, well, the title, which is The Illusion of Money. What is that title again?
6: Why Chasing Money is Stopping You from Receiving It.
3: That oh, was, hey. That was it.
1: I didn't know if you wanted me to introduce you and do a big rundown. <laughs> a new voice
6: just came on, and I was <laughs> like, was oh, that? my God. Well, he already asked me a question, so... Oh, okay.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, I did ask a question. Hi, I'm Susan. Hi, Susan. <laughs> my bride. Susan. Mark brought his darling bride. My bride. My, and I'm so My happy. co-writer. And then I was so worried about the fact that we'd been talking too much, I totally <laughs> forgot to introduce <laughs>
5: her.
1: Oh, I was going to do it after the break. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. So, um... Yeah. So tell me your, so, first, so, me your first. Tell me your
3: first take. So the I was thinking the answer to why chasing money is stopping you from receiving it is that, uh, like everything else, as he goes on to explain. It's the you close yourself off to opportunities by going back to your old ways
0: mm-hmm. and the
3: ways that so if you don't have money now, the mm-hmm. old ways are part of what's keeping that. And there's yeah. a, there's an abundance of whatever that you. There's abundance of whatever you give to whatever it is to make money. So let's say you, you make money right off the top of the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have that, Yeah. but you can't just, you just can't just hold on to that. It may not be money that you need. Yeah. Maybe that's not your gift. Your gift isn't to make money. Maybe been, And he's saying money doesn't answer your questions. It doesn't resolve your questions. Mm-hmm. All it does is create more questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty interesting take. I thought, you know, a lot of it sounded like, um, a Bible study I once did, uh, called, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Macklemore, Susan? The, uh.
1: Macklemore, the rap star? No, not the rap singer. <laughs>
3: Who, no. Not Huckabee either. What was it? Black. He used to do is a that,
1: Christian.
6: No, his circuit. name. His
3: name was Black. His name was Blackaby. Blackaby
6: the Christian what was author it?
3: Bible study. Oh, I think. What was it? What was it? It was, it was very much knowing
1: God.
6: Knowing God. It was a That's the one. Book.
3: Yeah, the knowing I God.
1: did that little Bible study too. <laughs> but,
3: but anyway, but don't. But you see, now you probably you're, me too. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but did you see where his was sort of like God is always or the you know for the purposes of Kyle since I don't he didn't he, I'm sure if he was christian base he would have mentioned it in right 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 but for the purposes of this just say that the spirit Mm -hmm. the and and the thing that is he's saying is within you uh that comes along and and provides you with other things uh blackaby would say that's god but a lot of the things were the same in other words Mm -hmm. forget all of this stuff in your past that's telling you no and Mm -hmm. you know is is keeping you from doing things and get rid of that. Now, he didn't number them 1 to 10 and have you get rid of the 1s and, right, <laughs> and get more 10s. Right. There was
1: techniques built <laughs> yeah, in here. Yeah. Exactly.
3: But it was it was that kind of thing. And the other book that I, I remember was um, The purpose Life.
0: Oh, yeah. And I it read was, that, too. Did you do that one, too? Yep.
3: So, but, uh, but a lot of these things. So there's a lot of spirituality in this book. But because Kyle is a comic, a lot of times it's just he, he's making references that He has to apologize for sometimes. (laughs) I know,
1: but I love it because sometimes books like this can be so preachy. I'm smarter than you and I'm going to tell you what to do with your money, you know? And the fact that every once in a while he just makes a joke, you're like, oh, he's just a really, it's just a guy like, he struck me as like very happily sharing. He's like, this book felt like very happily sharing. Like, I really want people to understand. Have you watched any
3: of his YouTube videos?
1: Well, Jeff watched nope. him, and so I want to do point-counterpoint here. So what was your impression, of, like, both sides? Yeah, well, no,
4: I thought it was, uh, uh, he's got a great style, you know, like you two were just saying. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a lot of very thought-provoking kind of nuggets you know to mm-hmm. to to chew on i also kind of got this and i watched a, like a two hour long youtube but it was with the same name so mm-hmm. it wasn't like an audiobook of that but it was him talking into the camera um with people online yeah and um i the flip side of it was i thought like half of it was really great like couldn't complain about his advice and then there was parts where i'm like being reminded of a nineteen nineties TV infomercial, you know where they're selling a book on how to make money, yeah. but the guy's making money by selling a book on how to make money, right? You know, I, right. so there's there's parts of it like that, but I'm in marketing, and so I've read a million of these kind of right. yes. books that would fit into the genre, and so yeah. some of it I'm like, yeah, it's a little cliche ish, you right. know, but-
1: you get. PTSD from from multi-level marketing people? Is that what you were talking about? Well,
4: I was saying there was a point when I was watching the video and I'm like, he reminds me of literally every Utah Mormon, <laughs> multi-level marketing, friend of a friend of a friend, yeah. you know, conversation I've ever had where right, it's right. just the, the staccato, you know, feel good and, right. you know, um, so short, yeah, short,
1: short, terse sentences. <laughs>
4: that's what came into my mind.
3: I'm like, wow, just this, go, well, you know, this is videos and, uh, yeah. And t- to some degree, I think that's the—that's what you get when you you sign up with some of these infomercial people because they'll find somebody like Kyle and they'll say, "All right, we can t- we can do infomercial." And did they like it break every ten minutes for a commercial break and as a, br- a commercial about his book? That no, it like, no, it no, wasn't. No, no,
1: no, no. It was kind of just him loosely saying his thing. Yeah, it was him going was through the book with yeah, people live yeah, online. Yeah,
4: and um, yeah. So
1: I just I just want to take a minute. Um, Susan, did you read it? I did not read it. You didn't read book. it, and you haven't read it, right? So he is looking spiritually at not just money, but how uh, our thoughts about money, whether we see money as something that's safe or something that we don't have enough of or something that makes us feel guilty or something that makes us feel better than other people or sad or whatever, our thoughts about money are much more important than actually having money. And he also is is kind of... And I this is the kind of stuff that I study all the time, but another like key through line is if you're doing your highest calling, like if you're being the most in tune with yourself that you could possibly be, then the right things will sort of be drafted into your life, into your vortex. And he has this great... Uh, what did I write? Amnesia that you're amazing. So he, he starts this chapter, Welcome to the Illusion, the book is called The Illusion of Money, and he s- paints this picture of, like, imagine if Michael Jordan at the height of his career got amnesia and forgot who he was. And after coming to, he struggles to get a day job, finds a mediocre relationship, starts watching a lot of TV, and gets used to living an ordinary, unfulfilling life. And so... If you met him, you'd probably be obsessed with trying to help him remember that he's one of the greatest basketball players who ever lived. You'd be doing everything in your power to get him on the court so he could realize how amazing he is. But imagine him completely believing and defending he's just an ordinary guy and explaining to you that he has bills to pay and he just can't spend his time chasing some dream of playing basketball. And that is such a fun picture. I love that. Isn't that wonderful? And he's like, so he's like, I'm writing this book because I look around at everybody and I feel like they forgot they were well, Michael part, Jordan.
4: Yeah, part of what he's talking about, too, or what something I picked up is about, you know, like, forget your own story, sort of, you know, where he's telling us um, that we keep just operating out of how we were programmed as kids mm-hmm. and what those issues are. But he's saying, you know, you can forget
3: that. So Or like people that keep mementos of their greatest moments and this, like, oh. You, what about or the new sad mo- things. What right. about the new moments? You know. Right. <laughs> what about yeah, the, both what both about both the things, things, things that
4: haven't so, happened yeah. yet? You know. Yeah. Those little things we keep telling ourselves that like right. we're reprogramming ourselves to define you know how oh, yeah. we relate to. Everything. So this
1: is a question I wanted to ask you guys, and you can just think about it. You guys can participate too, even though you haven't read the book. So there's an exercise of what are the thoughts about money that you grew up with, right? Um, I think it is on. Do you know these little exercises I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, at the end of each chapter.
1: Yeah. So do do do. Okay, so let's say
3: Don't give me a page number, give me a chapter. Twenty
1: nine. Oh, okay. So I'm, re-
3: I'm reading can't. I'm reading it on Kindle. Chapter the
1: three, experience. the illusion of security.
3: Right. So
1: money and our beliefs about money are two completely different things. And and so he has these exercises that are very I, I, I was telling Jeff on the way here, this book really got, I got super into it. Like I I read stuff like this all the time or listen to meditations that are kind of like on abundance and tuning into your highest vibration. And (laughs) I'm really into that stuff, but the way that he, it feels very practical in this book. So, um, two exercises. One is close your eyes and think about how much money you currently have or don't have and notice how you feel.
6: So you want us to do that?
1: Yeah. Just how do you feel? And then then you can open your eyes and just think about, like, was it excited, fearful, embarrassed, safe, angry? Could it
4: be all those things? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But mine was probably like, ah! (laughs) You know, what i need
2: i felt like you said safe i was like i'm comfortable
3: with that yeah yeah yeah
1: so anybody else want to share
3: well uh somebody a long time ago just said start saving for retirement and i'm trying to get my kids to do it
5: yeah and i
3: just when they say you know if you save from the time you start working until you're 40 Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and then stop You'll still have enough for retirement. But if you wait till you're 40 and you think yeah. you're making enough money to save, you're never going to equal. Interest, you're, folks. Never, you're never going to equal. It's Rule
1: pretty, of 72, folks. It's
3: pretty accurate. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, my wife and I lucked out because my brother died and left us $5,000. And we didn't have, because we didn't have anywhere to put the money, we just started an IRA, wasn't it? I wouldn't that it?
6: call that lucking out. But unfortunately, oh, when I'm your saying. brother passed away, <laughs> that's
3: what he meant. Uh-huh. Yeah. You received
2: oh, an
1: inheritance. I received
3: an inheritance. Yeah, I guess.
1: And when did you guys get to do that? 85. Oh, yeah. yeah.
5: 85. 85. And it was
3: before we had kids. And Yeah, you know, so, that's
1: lucky.
5: And that was a
3: start. And fortunately, 85, 85 to 87 was a good run-up. 87, we had a crash. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the timing just worked out really nice. Now, we've had bad... You know, we've had bad runs and stuff with mm-hmm. money, but we don't really pay attention to. It. If we were like these people that look at those stock pages every day and try to figure out, you know, when the time yeah. to get in or out was, no, don't do that. Right? <laughs> you I know, just you yeah. drive yourself nuts. One yeah. thing that's you know different
4: nowadays it, it occurred to me when you were saying that is um, that rings all kinds of bells with me. Like when I got out of college, my dad told me the exact same thing: like start putting money away now. Mm-hmm. The difference is back then. You could literally work in a movie theater or just any kind right. of normal Save job and money. you got Blue Cross Blue Shield. You know yeah. what I mean? And now there's so few jobs that wow. have that. So the money that like we might've been able to, or I might've been able to put away 20 plus years ago,
1: Yeah,
4: you know, people who are 20 now, like, is that, they got do they have to pick? Like I'm going to invest in a retirement or I'm going to have healthcare. Right.
3: Yeah. Not to get too political on that, but back then when you worked for a theater, you, you, you knew the owner. Now it's run by a corporation. I understand some what you're saying, city. though,
6: because they call them benefits because they used to be benefits. But where I work, they take half my paycheck as, right. long <laughs> as to your benefit. benefits. Yes. Yeah. It's not yes. really, you know, medical, dental, all come yeah. out of my paycheck. Yeah. It is, yeah
1: just it's
3: a not different really.
6: World. World a benefit
3: yeah. right right and and get this you pay into social security and they call that an entitlement so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah well so so one of the uh the illusion of security is one of the chapters about like how much evidence there is that money doesn't equal security you can have all the money in the world and still be sitting frightened of losing it or you can be wish just you can be the poorest person in a super rich neighborhood and that could Consume you with envy. You could. (laughs) Well, it's it's, it's fine. You know what? I I don't. I I was just thinking um, as I was reading this in the last couple days, the job I left uh, about a year and a half ago was kind of a leap. It was a leap, one of the leaps that he's talking about where you go. Like, This could go wrong, what I'm about to do here. I'm about to head out here and just try to figure this shit out on my own, you know, and leave some money and leave like an environment like that. And then realize like, oh my gosh, my life, it was like all the energy in the universe. When I cut out this thing and moved to that place and did this and started paying more attention to that, like things changed. And when I was back, when I was working at that job, um... Thinking I needed the money and thinking that the benefits were good and things like that. Um, it was so little flow. It was like, I felt like I was like saving things in a little container, you know, um, instead of just things flowing. And I remember writing in a notebook years ago and telling my friend about this is like one of these things principles that he talks about is if you are feeling like stingy or like lack, it's a good idea to go out and spend some money or be generous with someone else to kind of open up the flow. And I remember, I don't know, I feel like I didn't discover that kind of feeling until my mid thirties of like, if I'm feeling like I don't have enough, it makes sense for me to go give things away, like find some things in my closet to give away, go buy someone lunch because I feel like I've, I got this sense of like abundance can't flow through me if I'm stopping it on this side. And if I stop it a long time, there won't be the energy flowing into me because there'll be a perception that I'm not going to give it away. So the feeling of giving something away in my mind triggers more coming. Do you know what I mean? This feels like Mm -hmm. this, right? Um, but that was an evolution getting to that. And since I've started believing that in the last 10 years or whatever, probably longer, um, evidence shows up all the time. Like if you do this thing that makes you so happy, the energy of the general world around you is better. Right. So your life seems better. You know, your car works better for somebody. But if you start doing all these like low vibrational things, your body gets sore, and you trip over something, and you.
3: So he didn't have to Whatever. explain vibration to you. You understand no, when he brought up that. No, I talk about
1: vibrational me. frequency levels so all that, the see, time. That I
3: had never heard that in oh. reference to that before. The vibration. So that was well. That, if you think about,
1: if you think about jealousy, like the, the way jealousy feels, or if you were to spend all day being jealous how it would affect your face and your digestion. It's the vibe. It's the vibe, yeah. right? And if you think about, um, like, what would be another shame? You know, if you walk into a room and a bunch of people in there are ashamed, you can, like, almost smell it. You know, it's kind of like, oh, ooh. You know, or you walk into a house where you can tell that the dynamic is shame or power. something. I you can, like, 100% go, like, I got a bad vibe from that guy or whatever. So, but when you're around someone who's like generous and radiant and beaming and full of love and like, you can tell that too, you go like, Oh, that person lights up the room. Like, so that's when I think about different vibration, vibrational frequencies, like the idea that there's so much abundance that all I have to do is live on this earth and give things away and live my best life and trust that, that flow is going to happen is a much power, more powerful thought than I got him. I made a list of all the things I got to buy and that means I have to make this much money. And so I got to do something to make that money. Yeah. And there's other people
3: it's, that, that, that they count their success by their, their spreadsheet, you know.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: Well, that's, yeah, are the, the default culture that, you know, that we're in. That's so unpleasant. Yeah. And,
3: you know, and it's it, to me it's kind of bizarre because uh everybody is everybody seems to be jealous of everybody else, mm. even though I don't think they really are I think it's kind of how everything is portrayed, even then, and he he spoke a little bit about advertising does that to you a little bit
1: oh yeah, well, let's talk about this so one of the one of the other activities besides thinking about your kind of uh your thoughts about how much money you have. Um, So this little activity is called belief relief. And uh, it's kind of like looking at your beliefs about money and naming them and then going, okay, when did I start believing that thing? And what if it's just not true? Right? So for example, so think about what you grew up understanding about money, whether it's like we have plenty or money is stressful or, we never have enough or anybody can make as much money as they want. But what were like the, it, for these purposes, it's, um, yeah. What were, they don't have to be all good, all bad. Just what were some of in, the money in, things? In right?
4: my case, you know, cause I know people who grew up in families that had money and then they lost it. Like when they were 11, you know, and it, oh, would be, yeah. it was a huge, you know, pinpoint in their life. And I know mm-hmm. other people who, you know, we're in different situations and in in my situation see i i only can think anything about of it kind of you know looking backward at the time our life i thought everyone lived that way it was just perfectly normal mm-hmm. you know we didn't have money but we weren't poor we lived on a working class you know street in Ann Arbor um, Right. but it I, but i guess i saw my parents always working you know mm-hmm. well, my mom had a business at home my dad worked at the university of michigan um mm-hmm. So I saw that like at everyone else's dad on the block, like looked at Ford or Chrysler or, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I I, I saw that. So everybody had there.
1: jobs. So that does something to your money view probably.
4: Everyone had jobs everybody and looking it back, jobs. yeah, it okay. was a, it was yeah, it was secure. It was secure I suppose. But there was no there was no like materialism or ostentatiousness right. or, or you know, anything like that. It was just a very basic kind of Yeah. Didn't think about money a lot one way okay. or another. Which I guess is a
1: that's a good thing. Better
4: than the other two alternatives, maybe.
1: Well, know? yeah. What about you?
3: Um, I uh, I had many different childhoods. I think.
0: Okay. Um,
3: my parents split up when I was eight, and they were both working, and it became a a little bit different um, after my mom lost her job, and because she didn't uh, really force my dad to pay child support
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, until she needed to, and then it was tough because he had gotten used to not paying it. Yeah. And, Shit. um, I just remember one time the, 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 our, our good friends, Scott and Steve, uh, they had a dad that worked, uh, for GM, was mm-hmm. like a plant manager or something. I mean, and really should not have lived in our neighborhood. We were very, a lot of us were shop rats and, you know, mm-hmm. my mom was a school teacher and my, my dad sold furniture, just, you know, real simple stuff. Right. And uh, these people had money. They were the only ones on the block that had money. The other guy next door to him was a barber and a fireman. I mean, just you know, yeah, regular regular Joes. And these people had some jack, and they were always going on these great vacations, and they always had these great. Did you
1: go over to their house
3: all the time?
1: Yeah, all the time. So what did that? What do you? What impression do you think that made? Did you get? Did you think they were different than you? Better than you? Mm. Or you just kind of liked their stuff. They but
3: didn't, didn't. think about They, they I mean, did I'm so curious. Yeah, it was like their stuff a lot of right. that. But it, the problem we had we were all such boys. Mm-hmm. There were no. If there were girls in the neighborhood, the Braves had girls, and the Browns down the street had girls, and the Stuts and uh, little Kimmy Patterson. The <laughs> Kimmy Patterson. We went Mimi's we <laughs> Hi,
1: Kimmy, if you're listening.
3: Mimi's <laughs> Mimi's <Knee-mees, laughs> <knee-mees, laughs> poor boys uh strewmakers if you live boys.
1: in this neighborhood with Marks Friedman, and there are any corrections feel free to call the <laughs> studio Howard, immediately. howards two <laughs> two
3: boys and a girl uh, um i can't remember the people Quapuses, uh two boys right uh the gales two boys uh the strutenskis I mean, the... the strutenskis two boys and a girl the pinners two boys and it was just like the sweetman's four boys right right so
6: and two more after, two,
3: yeah, after Shit. we moved there, two more. But anyway, uh, this whole neighborhood was in the fall. It was football. In the mm-hmm. winter, it was basketball and ice hockey on the pond. Right. In the spring, it was baseball. Summer, it was yeah. biking all over the place, all over the and county, caddying, and, yeah, and golfing. And I was a idyllic. Uh, and the girl, and the girls, we didn't even discover girls till high school. Yeah, you
6: know?
3: and so Scott and Steve, God bless them. With the rich kids, dad, that, with the rich dad, yeah, or the 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 well placed dad, right? Dad, I wouldn't okay. call it rich. They were always they had asthma, and they had um, um, allergies. And they were
1: delicate. They
3: were delicate. <laughs> they were delicate. <laughs> They were delicate boys, and they just, oh, wow. I mean, here, here we were That's playing football, and no one ever said, ouch, except for these two guys. Oh, wow. Oh, so
0: yeah.
1: they the impression. were soft. Oh, this is interesting. They were, they were soft, huh? Cause, Cause, cause yeah. It's probably not really clearly, but somewhere in your upbringing, you thought of, well, this is a little soft, probably. Well, I imagine because that. Because yeah, guys.
3: It, every time I would watch, uh, like, the uh, Blues, you know, any of these movies about yes. going in the service, yeah. wasn't it always the kid whose dad was... You know, uh, got him out of got him out of the hard d- detail, but got him into the easy one or something like that. Yeah. That was always the rich kids, yeah, uh, the, the senator's kid or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, I so I think um, I have at one point or another thought these thoughts. Um, oh, I don't know. anymore. What well was well I, want to fin- I want to finish okay, that okay, story well. because
3: uh, my brother, and this is how you can tell the difference between the uh, upper middle class and the lower middle class. Mm-hmm. My brother decided that they're. Um, What's the table, that, uh, shuffleboard table? Okay. The shuffleboard table, which, which nobody would ever have wanted to do. They had a pool table. They had a jukebox. Air they hockey. Had a bar, they I pictured them hockey. had air oh, hockey. Oh, they had air, They had a player For piano. Sure. They had everything. So my brother, who at the time I think was about eight, decides it would be cool if he slid himself head first down the shuffleboard table and he ends up kicking the, kicking the scoreboard on the top, which I tried to recreate <laughs> <read> just there. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> <solid> <laughs> and the thing falls over and, uh, They call my dad and they go, That's going to be $500. And he goes, Well, I guess we just can't be friends. Because we don't, because we don't have five hundred dollars. So, that is
1: awesome.
5: <laughs> and so, and so, you're not
3: going to get it. And so, you're just going to have to look away from me. We'll look down at the ground every time we pass each other from now on. Yeah, <laughs> Did it create, that's like, a, a great answer. Uh, like no, it wasn't. It uh, wasn't. Right? A, it wasn't, wasn't a drama? neighborhood thing. It was like right. it, he tried to. Well, back then, everything was kept between. He wasn't going to announce it the whole neighborhood. Sure, right. sure. That, that, that they was... didn't
1: have next door yet.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Facebook groups for your street. Like in the street That's a whole show. Yeah. That is a
2: whole show.
1: Well, Do, do you remember Jermaine's joke? Yes. At 51st Jokes? Yeah. That, was, that was a fucking great joke. That was
0: so funny. Do you remember this? <laughs> She's
1: like, there's a new app. Her voice is so great. Jermaine, I hope I don't murder this. If you happen to listen to this, I'm sorry if I get it wrong. Um, There's a new app that'll let you know who the paranoid assholes are in your neighborhood.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And she does a big
1: pause. She goes, it's called Next Door. And that gets a huge (laughs) laugh. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) We have derailed a little bit, but it's okay. Um, The uh, things I have believed, um, and I can't remember when these seeds were planted, marketing or family or whatever, but kind of a... Rich people are better and smarter. Like you know, you mom lets you go over to somebody's house. It's like okay, bye. And then you go over if they let you go over to a rich person's house. They're like, don't say this. <laughs> don't wear those socks. You know, they don't want you to look like an asshole in front of the rich family. And you're trying to tell them like, I think we're just going to be sitting in the room playing with Barbies. I like, don't <laughs> auditioning for anything. But you, you, know, I remember noticing that like, oh, my mom wants me to act differently around these people and then around these people. And I've also seen that in jobs where a, a manager will go like, be really good. This guy's really important. And I'm like,
5: mm-hmm. what
1: the fuck is that? <laughs> so, like more important than this guy or that right. lady? Like why? Because he just spent a lot of money on fucking lobster. Like that perception, <laughs> like they have more money. So they're better than they're you. Better. or they're smarter than you. Well, another... I was like, what? What? That's such a crazy belief.
4: Yeah. another version of that is like I can think back to when I had toddlers and, you know, or they were starting to get up into elementary school and you might take them over to a random friend's house. Yeah. And if the house was real trashy with, you know, dead appliances on the lawn and I could, I'll admit, you know, some hackles go up like, oops. You know, yeah, and then but then if I would drop them off at another friend's house for the first time, didn't mm-hmm. know him, and it was some big sweet place with mm-hmm. manicured lawns, I don't think I would have that same like, right? Oh, I'm on alert. You know what's going on here,
1: right?
6: And it
4: is. It's just I think you know how society, yeah, pumps that message in through so yeah. many different levels that like money may, means you're smart. It means you yeah. worked harder. It means you're whatever. Right, and it might right. not mean any of those things, and it
1: might. And you know what's interesting is. My Cure was starting in um, uh, 93, I think it was. I sold books door-to-door for (laughs) nine years. (laughs)
2: What? What? (laughs) I heard this story recently.
1: I've known that, but I didn't realize
2: you did it for that long.
1: Yeah, it was like hundreds (laughs) of thousands of doors, (laughs) but the, the... The learning, so much learning of like this family who lives in this tiny little shack and whatever. But then all of a sudden they go into their mattress and they bring you $200 folded into little shapes. And then the family who has a great big house, but you go in and they have not a stick of furniture like they they they're for show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, did you guys just move in? No, they've lived there for six years. Right. You know, they just can't afford anything else. So, and so I notice- get to the mortgage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think going door to door to door to door to door and just watching how people live and how they talked about money and how they talked about their neighbors was like it like changed. but a different so that um, I could never make this much money. Once I have at least this much money, I'll be happy. I've thought that before. And I've thought the only way to deserve to have the money is to, like, work my ass off. You know what I mean? Like, the idea of just letting money happily come to me is a relatively new, like, last five or six years type feeling.
3: I'd be afraid if I just happily let it come to me that there wouldn't be enough accounting for it. In no, other word, in that's, other words, that's
1: a belief. Though. In other
3: words, oh, I was happily letting the economy. I thought I had $500,000. What do you mean the IRS is going to jail me?
1: <laughs> right, but I think, like, for example, I I feel like you can have – I'll give you another example of a belief that can change. Um, uh, if you grew up in a house where when your dad did the bills, right, was it the kitchen table? like yep. yes. He was like, um, hey, honey, what's this? And she goes, oh, you know, school supplies. And he goes, okay, I'll put it in this column. If that is the way you grew up, that's one thing. But if you grew up with dad, like, drinking dark liquor and, like, slamming his fist on the table and screaming and mom crying, then you're like, money sucks, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like, fear and all this kind of stuff. And so you kind of, you want to make enough because you, the family needs it and, and. And if you don't, then they're going to be ashamed of you or you're going to cause stress and you grow up with this whole thing. And then you realize that, oh, my parents just weren't good at handling stress, I guess, because like another belief you can totally have is like, oh, this is my finances. I want to know what's going on. I'm going to keep track of this the same I do with my health and the same I do with, you know, it doesn't. Mm. The, the shift is like, this does not have to be a traumatic situation. Like dealing with money doesn't have to induce a panic attack or anger. or
4: Right. And probably a lot of us know. have lived through a lot of different variations of mm-hmm. that in our adult life, not just as a childhood, but like I've for sure gone through, you know, when you're in college and maybe you have a job and, you know, money means one thing then, and then maybe you get a job that pays a lot of money, acquire a lot of stuff, and then you lose that mm-hmm. job. And then, you know the relationship with money before that and after that are very different. Oh, yeah. You know, so you can get, like, oh, yeah. traumatized no matter what your childhood was, you know. Yeah. Stuff that could happen in adult life.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like I've had a lot of highs and lows and... Um, I was just sitting around the other day writing in this notebook and I was writing about how lucky I was in life and how I had everything I needed and I love my apartment and I love my friends and I just went out to dinner with good friends and I'm so happy I got to do the comedy show. Were you high
4: when you were thinking of it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Are you high right well, now thinking it, about it? Yeah, that was yes. Yeah, <laughs> but sorry. It, was still,
1: it was still just being like my yes. little gratitude list. My yeah. little gratitude list. And then, um, well, the thing is, is, I probably was high but I think if you sit and but but not what I'm I'm not saying like high I smoking didn't mean smoking high kill the point, I yeah. mean if you sit and think of all the things to be grateful for if you've ever done this activity of like just sitting and just I am so thankful for whoever made this studio possible and whoever picked these dates and those are delicious and yeah. I love this sweater and I'm so happy that all these people came to be with me and I'm so happy that we got here safely and my car still works and what a great car. Somebody gave me that car. And I'm so lucky to know those people. Like, if you can keep that going as long as you can, it's a high. It's a high so, vibration, it's a vibration to be in. It's, it's a, a vibration. high vibration to be in. So, like, was I high? Yes, I was high. So, about that time, I go get the mail. <laughs> and uh,
0: The boom drops. <laughs> <laughs> then I went to get the mail. No,
1: no, no, Then I went to get the mail. And, you know, tax documents start coming out about this time of yes. year. And I'm like, which, you know, I, I, I I'm a 1099 here. I worked at a company last year. So two things happened. One is I realized that about this time last year, I was about to get fired and I had no idea, right? I'm working at this software company and I've got a, you know, benefits and I've got an office in downtown Ann Arbor. And I'm just like, yay. And, uh, right after president's day, like just, this isn't a fit, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" You know. So my my scene changed so totally, drastically, um in a heartbeat, and I'd completely forgotten about it. Hmm. Like in last year when it happened, it was traumatizing. I was like,
5: "Oh, you came here?
2: No, I came Jazz here. Cabbage cafe. I showed afterwards. up. <laughs> I, just, hmm. I got
1: fired. <laughs> yeah. and I drank my beer, crying yeah. for a while, and it's
2: like it like I was crying on the whole
3: ride. Right <laughs> listening to Cynthia <laughs> Canty." <I> <laughs>
1: And I just came in and was like, hey, I got fired. I don't have anything to do. Let's do this. So then um, I also... Did they give
3: you a box of all your stuff?
1: <laughs> no, they, I had to meet them the next day. And what's funny is they... did they walk you They didn't say the clean office? out your desk. They no, just, no, no, no. We brought had, it to no. you. I don't want to spend too much time on this story. And you were like, <laughs> I text <laughs>
2: everyone crying, but I'm not going to answer them. <laughs> the, story, the,
1: story <laughs> fine. the story is fine. The story is a happy story. The story is... Thank you that I'm not at that job anymore. I was I wasn't having enough fun there. And I've sat a lot and no one talked. Everybody was looking at a computer and that wasn't the right environment for me. And I wouldn't have quit. I wasn't brave enough to quit because it felt like solid and safe and smart and it had a good title and everything. But as soon as I was set free from it, I was like, Whoo, I'm so glad it's over, you know, I need to do something more in line with myself. And so then I did all these random things and pulled it together and had fun and had a great summer and everything. And then I looked in the mail and I had um, information from the first job. And the other thing was unemployment. You know how you have to claim your unemployment. And I realized that sometime in the middle of last summer or fall, I took unemployment for like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And I'd also completely forgotten about that. Because right now, it seems impossible that I could be anything but having everything I need, like having enough, paying for everything easily. Like it seems impossible that that was even my reality. Because there's no residual fear left from that experience. Right. you see what I'm saying? So.
3: Yeah. To make you do an exit interview?
1: Everybody just wants to hear this story. (laughs) No, it was just kind of like, it was a really blizzardy day. So I was going to work from home, but I had a meeting with this woman and I wanted to talk to her about like, I need to be able to talk to my direct leader better. And I've written out these ideas and here's a plan and here's my goals. And she's like, got a folder just here. (laughs) We eliminated your position. (laughs) And I was like what and uh cried in the coffee shop and then um and then as i'm driving home uh oh and then during that meeting i'm saying um wait a minute i just set all these appointments like who's gonna do those she's like oh you don't have to worry about that i'm like yeah but it'd be a shitty thing to do do you know what i mean to me right Like those, I told those people, they were going to have appointments like seven in the next two days. She's like, well, we'll take care of it. I'm like, well, who's going to take care of it? Oh, it's so sweet that you care about. I'm like, I just don't want to look like an asshole because you guys are fiery and they're, then they're left in the lurch. You know what? I don't even want to work here. (laughs) (laughs) But my whole point of that story was the fact that I feel totally, totally abundant, even though this year has been a year of like, I lost my job. I was scrambling. I lost my dad. My best friend lost her son. Um, wow! Do you know what I mean? Like Man, there, was some, your, there was some, there was some whammies. There was some whammies in there, and uh, and all year I felt like I can go wherever I want. I have everything I need. I get how long? Rest. How long
4: after the the um, I don't want to say firing. That sounds harsh. Were you, <laughs> how long after you were let go how from long that after job? You
6: got canned. Yeah.
4: Um, did you shift from like crying at the coffee shop, you know, I'm freaked out to feeling abundant. I'm like, hey, how did oh, that happen? <laughs> For real? Huh?
1: What? Can you just say it? Oh,
4: 45 minutes. Oh,
1: left.
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I try four? and signal yeah, that everyone when I'm the And, and, yeah. and I thought
5: like, it's thing. Thing. And and it's gang signs? is see everyone. And everyone What? What's right
3: He's
1: gigging.
3: The guild guest is here.
1: I don't think there was a lapse.
3: Do you know what I mean? Like, what what I
1: I think is that, because I got fired from Zingerman's Roadhouse that same way, (laughs) where I was just like, really? Oh, shit. And then the next day I was like, woke up and it was a Saturday and I hated working brunches. And I was just like, oh. I don't have to
4: wear brunch Felt ever better, again. huh? <laughs> you
1: know? No more sticky high chairs in my life. <laughs> I felt like such a winner. Um, so my point is, is I think what I've discovered in the last uh, probably, especially five years is how much money I actually have has not that much bearing. On how I feel like if my basic needs are met. Right. I'm a pretty happy camper because I like go to the library and I'm like exercising right. in my apartment and like I'm pretty easy to please. So I think the whole meditating on what you already have is the wealth. Right. Like I get it. I'm down. I think it's the most powerful idea there is. Yeah,
4: I think for people who – and I think we're in somewhat similar situations where, you know, like self-employed, got Mm -hmm. a lot of gigs going on, and it's been that way for years after having a corporate job. Yeah. And definitely the first few years of being on my own, there was the terror because when you live like Mm. that, it's not a steady paycheck. It's not the same thing. I might kill it for three months, and then I might, like, get nothing for two, but over the years, I've learned – it's always gonna come back around. Yeah. But someone who has worked in a corporate job for twenty years, them losing a gig is gonna be so much more it's of a monumental traumatic. thing because they haven't been uh desensitized That's to Why it. you yeah. see so
3: many of them going to going someplace pretending they're going to work because they have, they can't even tell their families. Right.
4: Know? Well uh-huh.
1: tell me about because you've been full time performer for how long? Twelve years. For twelve years. Well, and yeah. before
3: that, twelve years. So I've got I've got 42 in, so...
1: Oh, wow.
3: And I... Um,
1: and so tell me how your thoughts of money... Because there's a couple of good stories in here about you him what, giving I, up certain he, gigs.
3: I tell you for... what, it's... It's... When you're younger, you don't really think about it. Yeah. I think more about money now than I did when we first got married. I mean... Yeah. I can I can understand our parents' fear and fretting mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. when we got married. What you were a waitress and and I was a comic, and uh, we were working when, over it. When we got married, where were you? When working? we got
6: married, I worked part time.
3: at State. Wayne State. Oh, Wayne State. That's right. And
6: I. Was a cocktail waitress for these comedy, comedy Oh <laughs> my
1: gosh!
3: <laughs> and I was, and, and
1: you guys were like, "Don't worry about us. It's not like we're going to go have eight kids or anything." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably where
3: nobody, yeah. nobody ever says. Oh, by the way, nobody ever says. What are you guys going to do? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get married and I don't know over the next well ben thirty years have though, eight kids. No, nobody <laughs> we're ever
0: has part
1: time jobs you know what? and let's pay just the have rent. three and then find five more. Five, five more, that's right. <laughs> So that's their story, which is very fat. We could have a whole show. We already yeah. have had a whole show. We have on had night, a whole show on it. They have three kids and five foster kids that they adopted. That's amazing. So they've raised eight <laughs> kids, <laughs> and it's it's. Wonderful. They're That's not
3: 600.
0: all raised yet. So. Right. So,
1: well, applause for the ones that you've kept alive this whole time. I tell time. you what, it's, I tell you what though, it's,
3: it's been very satisfying this last year as now seven of the eight of them are working. Yeah. And just the value they have in money has appreciated. Yeah. Greatly. Because, I mean, they just thought nothing of just getting money from mom or dad
1: right right and I
3: was kind of like see you had to work and then i always put it in hour terms like you yeah know, see you had to work three hours for that how do you like that three hours of work was it good see, see that's the thing yeah.
4: that kids and most teenagers they have no appreciation of for parents they just think we just get some random
3: money from yeah some just floats some some random wait random a minute wait a minute trade.
1: how young i was young when i started working
3: yeah, I was 12 when well, I started working.
1: Me too. I was driving a truck. I was 12 or.
4: also and I had a paper out before that. <laughs> right. But I, I I you know, have nieces and so nephews and so a, forth and they just yeah. they don't until you have to earn it hour by hour and that's how I think of it right. right now. It's like how much could I have made if I had worked instead of doing what I'm doing now or getting to be on this vacation cost me, you know, x number of hours. You don't know that if you haven't worked. So, yeah, good point.
1: Right, right. Well, so let's think about this. I think we should take a little break. Can you play um Uh, da da da, play, money. Did we start off with, no, we started off with big. Yeah. Um, maybe money changes everything and then that mantra. So we have a little break. And then we come back. I want to talk about the,
2: what is it called? That abundance? I, I easily find abundance,
1: but Abun- I usually find abundance so we can pay this back to back. Okay, We're going to take a little break and, um, we're going to come back and talk about my stash box and <laughs> some more lessons from this book and more stories and a little bit of news. Uh, but right now we're going to hear money changes everything. Cindy Lauper. Is it good to go?
5: Yep.
0: Okay.
1: I ordered this little stash box and this THC thing was on it. And then you could write whatever you wanted on here. And it's from a place called the cookbook people. And it's actually a box that comes with all these little like slats. You can design it to hold spools of thread or spices or whatever. And it's just wonderful. (laughs) I'm so excited about it. So it's called the cookbook people. And you can like, so mine says, It's got a little um, THC molecule and it says magic healing chemistry, good for what ails you and also for magical fun.
4: (laughs) Magical fun. That's
1: what's in my little stash box. I've never had one. Super excited! Um, in other news, uh, I think since the last time I saw you, those stupid videos that were up from yep. the Department of Health yep. and Human Services have been talk taken about that down. In the news. <laughs> Do you know what this is? No. So in the last couple of weeks, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services made this series of videos of two guys sitting on a couch, one skinny, one's fat. They're like playing video games, and basically they're anti-weed. They're just like look
2: at the, the fat guy is like a futuristic version of the skinny guy in 10 years or something because he smoked because pot. he, because he pot. smoked pot
1: and he also doesn't have any money and he also doesn't he have He has any the friends. same shirt and like it was so <laughs> dumb that at first I'm like well surely this is I
4: thought it was fake.
1: You thought it was fake. Surely was this, was fake, surely this is like
4: parody. <laughs> this surely is it's parody.
1: It wasn't parody. It was an anti-cannabis video and
4: from like, the state of Michigan. From the state while of Michigan. Well, they're cashing, our while they're cashing for
6: like, the you checks. know licensing. So and my <laughs> thought is you should FOIA how much they spent to produce those. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Oh, you don't. You don't even know. Like the day those things came out, everybody it, it went, went, went viral. It was, yeah, everybody went it. on. They went on blast. Like I blasted them on LinkedIn, which isn't really a blasting site.
2: But I was like, <laughs> 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 Listen, somebody is, had to do it on
1: there. <laughs> well, I, I just needed to say like who said this was okay. And then Rick, who yeah. does Jazz Cabbage, he went off. Everybody went off on them, and they had to respond. <laughs> so they got and taken one, down, I think.
3: response
4: was they just yeah, took them down. I think I mean, all, all of them are now, got down. down now. They immediately, they're they didn't even try to So was this
3: the current administration, or was this the... If they
1: just came out. Like, a week ago. Yeah, and you would almost have thought they were parodies, because they were so silly. Uh,
3: we legalized weed,
2: though. <laughs> well, <that's
1: laughs> yeah, yeah that is, is the
5: point. So, right,
2: they, I feel like those videos should have came out before the election, or something. Well, like, they were targeted, so quote-unquote,
4: targeted to minors, so the, the, yeah. the message yeah. of the ad wasn't well, I it mean, it wasn't explicitly weed is bad, but it was like, that's how they got around it was it's legal here, but you shouldn't smoke it if you're a kid.
3: You know, if they wanted yeah. to do that, they should have, they should have associated them with vapes because that's what's, uh-huh. no, that's what's the killing thing is, people, is it just vape.
1: wasn't, it was just a waste of money. And it was, well, silly.
6: that's my point. It would be yeah. interesting to, to do the Freedom of Information Act and find out. Who produced them and how much they spent on the
1: script? And girl, get on it! (laughs) Civic (laughs) reporter on the loose over here. (laughs) Civic reporter on the loose. Um, uh, Any other cannabis news right now? Licenses are going out like crazy. There's still a little bit of a product Mm -hmm. shortage.
3: Any other news? There's a national news story about the um, banking. No, about the the heart, the effects on the heart. Marijuana smoke effects on the heart. That? Oh, if you take heart medication right, the night before Yeah, there's an that-
6: issue for people that take medication. You don't want to mix mm-hmm. your meds. So no. I can understand that, but yeah. the slant of the news stories was sort of like not Emphasizing if you take other meds, but emphasizing marijuana,
3: marijuana can cause years, heart yeah. disease. Right, you know? right. But uh, oh, there's... well, I, I, all I could think of was, well, if you think it's bad now, wait until corporate America gets a hold of weed. You know think, uh, think how, yeah. how dangerous it's oh, going to so, be. Them, yeah. Oh, dude. Because you know what they'll do? They'll do the same thing they did with cigarettes. Make the intensify the nicotine, and, and
1: that's you know. already happened. That's already happened. Oh, yeah. But what I see that is, uh, I guess. What is interesting is, um, and I probably have said this maybe on the last two shows, because one was smoke signals and, you know, we've been talking about it a lot, but visiting people in their businesses who just got in in the last year. And if you've been around in the business a long time, you've been through a lot of activism and push and a little bit right. of suffering and danger and risk and all this. And people cruising in now wanting to take over. Is a little annoying. It (laughs) is, isn't it? It's a little annoying. So, but the thing is, is yay, we've got cannabis businesses. We're excited about it. That's fun. But meeting them face to face and understanding, like, oh, you're not going to give any credit to all the people who are in jail right now. You're like, you're not even going to consider being an activist. They've talked
3: about letting everybody out.
1: Well, yeah, but so the reason why Michigan can't do expungement the way that Illinois... Illinois has a rule or law, the way their law is written, he can pardon, and it's like a smoother process. But in Michigan, there are bills going through to expunge, but they're much more bureaucratic. They're like, you have to go through this process. and, And
2: they're more partisan, too. And
1: they're more partisan, and there's like, you know, there's people who wanted to push it way further than anybody wanted to go. Not even I wanted it to go as far as he wants it to go, but it's kind of like nobody's going to vote for that extreme. They want it to be under this many felonies, under this much damage, whatever. Um, But it's really frustrating to like, why can't we change that law too? And the process of laws changing is just...
3: And why can't we?
1: It's everybody's trying. That's the thing is right now that is what is happening. In fact... Let me do a little plug right here. Two plugs. February 12th in Lansing, the Michigan Regulatory Agency that is writing the permanent rules for licensing, for medical and rec, for micro-businesses, for the caregiver product, for all. So that's February 12th, MRA um, in Lansing, public hearing, meaning you can... You know, it's like a little town hall. You get on the list and you come up and you state your piece about whatever you want to state your piece about. And then if you're a Michigan Cannabis Indus- Industry Association member, then the next day, February 13th, um, also in Lansing, is a legislative lunch, uh, meaning all of our members uh, with any of the legislators that want to come have lunch with us. So, um. If you care about what's going to happen to your grow or what's going to happen to the way you hire in the next coming years in this industry, you should be at the at the MRA event because otherwise you're just sitting around bitching. (laughs) So you should come to that. I've met those people too where I'm like, I really appreciate you being at this networking meeting, being angry about things. But if you're not going to show up when I call you, then never you maybe you'll fail <laughs> this because like you're not going to say what you need and then rules will be made that will screw you out of your money or whatever it's right. just real right now it's like you got to show up you can't sit around and be like armchair pundit on this deal um so any other news cannabis news
2: um cb uh no no what cbdp and thcp okay. were like two cannabinoids found recently
5: what
2: and they're like C- thcp is supposed to be like 30 times more psychoactive than thc um
5: wow but, so a lot. It's,
2: it's a lot i think it's uh it's only That's... synthetically made though so oh no so but it's another different uh
5: yeah yeah
2: uh cannabinoids kind of like that yeah. only it's just a uh, has some th- sort of one
4: extra thing hanging yeah. off the yeah. edge. Yeah, that's the special it it
1: the thing. Pee. The <laughs> special thing that makes it a pee—a phosphate. I don't know what I don't that know. would be. So, um, hey, let's get back to the book. So, the thing when I was going to the bathroom and I was leaving, you were saying the main idea about the book seems to be that, and you put it in this way about like already appreciating what you have or something, being content in your circumstances.
6: That's what it yes. sounds like. The theme of the book. I haven't read it, but I did sort of Google and mm-hmm. look up some of his quotes and yeah. it seems to me though that he borrowed from or maybe springboarded off another author can i read you a quote from another
1: author oh yeah and the thing is is i think i've read 10 books like this sort of you know yeah there mean? was there's
4: nothing there's... groundbreakingly earth shattering no. about the message but it was the way he was yeah the things right. he pulled together well, well, until
3: he got to the helens I kept thinking, well, this is just going to be the same stuff over and over and over again.
6: (laughs) This other author says, and I'm I'm quoting it, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength.
1: Oh, yeah. I think I know that quote. Is it from... um Oh, I know this quote. Rebecca... Somebody? I'm
3: gonna guess Saint Paul.
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> Oh,
6: okay. So it's- oh okay, okay. Okay. But Okay. But- okay.
3: Yes. Well, yeah. So it
6: does sound um, as you're talking about the oh, book, yeah. and I'm reading quotes from Kyle. It sounds uh, a lot like that. To yeah. Be content it's definitely in a your spiritual. It's definitely yes.
1: a spiritual. And I think the reason why somebody can get so excited and write so much about this is I think it is a super exciting thing when you can shift your mind from sort of fear to abundance and stay there because I think sometimes people can go from fear to enough from fear to enough you know but if you can get like oh'm I'm, I'm here I'm in this I believe I have enough I well one of the things I he one
3: of, one of his businesses also is coaching oh, know, yeah life coaching yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he, if he gets people on this path
0: mm-hmm. and I
3: think the book is just sort of You know, it would have been a much shorter book if he had already been doing this in his uh, seminars and in his, in his. You uh, think so? Oh, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, because I really, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff that I thought was repeated. And oh, kept really? Re, restressing and he keeps uh, coming back to he the, does. He two keeps he, central he, points at, to at least a in variety the variety of different. Yes, you know, I'd yes. say in the first six it, yeah. in the first six chapters, it was like, is this going to be like this for the rest of the book? Because he oh. just kept he kept coming back again and again and again. Yeah. And because I looked for, I don't have on. I have the um, Kindle version. I don't have who the editor was, but I'm guessing it was him. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, I've read so many books, like you said, Julie. That were you know whether it's Anthony Robbins or you know there's just been over the last twenty. Did you just years, call
1: me Julie? Yes.
4: You oh did. my god. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's I in and out here. I'm
1: like, is Julie here?
4: <laughs> Shelly. It seems like she to be here. Maybe
1: she is, and I just haven't noticed. <laughs> Julie Baron, are you in this we're room? Thinking of you in an
2: invisible cloak? She's uh in a. Different uh, state <laughs> she's, of consciousness.
1: She's, she's
5: somewhere
2: <laughs>
1: wishing she was with us, and so she beamed here, and her essence is here. And she, yeah, called out right behind Shelly. But yeah, she, there, there's all kinds of books like this. There's all kinds of books about raising your vibration. Is that what
4: you were saying? Well, about so where I got I got the same little triggering or whatever was you know there, I didn't. It's like this is nothing new here, you right, know. Right, right. But the way he brings in though, yeah. like being present with you know, the manifestation and, and yeah. other things. It is a, a little, like, a, a unique right. combination of how he's approaching yeah. it. Yeah, I,
1: I like the delivery system because I like I like getting a big idea in my head, which is good. He's good at doing that, like, talking about the s- spiritual levels and all that. Um, but then on page one of, wait, what is that? 10S? That doesn't make any sense. Chapter 8, 10S. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, 10S. Ten the 10s. Tens, the tens.
3: The tens. You keep
1: the 10s, you get rid of the ones. Oh, my God. 10S. Uh, that was the second. No, did I already do something embarrassing today? Probably. Probably. I was going to say that's the most embarrassing thing, but it might not be. Um, Excuse me. He, he has a list of things. Start with one... Uh, so read through these things. Start with one being the least exciting to your body and ten being the most exciting. Go through this list of hypothetical activities one by one without considering the cost or anything and just feel how excited or whatever uh, these things are. So the purpose of this is if you think of how you spend your time and what vibration that creates, um, if you... Uh, stay in those... Like, if you were to rank things from on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 would be like, I love doing the podcast. It's probably a 10. You know, I like dancing around with my friends. That's probably a 10. I like sleeping. He made a,
3: he made a point of saying, he made a point of saying, let your body feel it.
5: Mm-hmm. In other words, oh, yeah. don't
3: let your mind get in the way of of how you really feel about this mm-hmm. because you might say, you know, having a good job is important because that's what your mind is telling you. Yeah. is important.
1: Well, and so, for example... Um, eat healthy. So if, if you go like, Ooh, I'd love to eat healthy. That actually is good for me. I like it when I commit to that and that's a 10, right? Or that's an eight. Um, and like he keeps putting eat burritos cause he has like a burrito thing. That is, she has, a burrito, the, he has a burrito thing through the book. He really likes burritos, but like he knows that a burrito is never as satisfying that he wants it to be. It just reminds him of him and his mom used to go get burritos together, and he really liked going to get burritos with his mom. So now when he craves a burrito, what he's really craving is that kind of feeling of childhood. But the burrito's not that good, and then he feels like he's got a big bean dough ball in his Uh gut, and it just doesn't feel good. (laughs) So his mind is tricking him like, you want that thing, that outside thing is going to satisfy you. But the meditation is really like, I love my mom. He doesn't even really want a burrito because it doesn't actually make him feel good. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh So, and a lot of people will have that same experience with alcohol or with buying something like retail therapy Mm -hmm. and they'll think, oh, this will make me feel good but then they're just kind of like sad because they don't like it as much when they got home and it doesn't actually work. To
2: it's more get of outside. like a high, like in that moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, so he says like, spend time on Facebook. Like that's something I could really cut out. That would cut out a lot of low vibration stuff for me. Uh-huh. Cause when I think about it, I'm like, when did I start spending so much time on Facebook? It usually starts with promoting a show, mm-hmm. like Fifty First Jokes. I end up being on there doing shit, and then it becomes a habit, and then it's a low-vibration activity that I've stuck, you know, kept hanging around. Well, and
4: you said alcohol a minute ago, and Facebook has been, you know, it's designed. You look at their patent documents, allegedly, and mm-hmm. it's right in there. It's built to be addictive, like. With your serotonin and just yeah. the whole interaction of it, so it's yeah. if you have to start using it for work
3: or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're hooked. And the yeah. lab rats, the lab rats are just you know crazy.
6: But the burrito <laughs> on the, on the makes Facebook. sense because there there is a thing comfort foods. Mm-hmm. So the burrito is oh, yeah. probably a comfort food for him,
1: right? But when I think of comfort food, I'm like, oh, I want to eat like a whole. Bacon, Pimento, Cheese Mac from the Roadhouse. <laughs> or chicken soup. Or... Yeah. Well, chicken soup. That I actually think that would be nur- nourishing. Sometimes I want to get myself into like a s- gross food coma.
2: Yeah, that's what I was
4: thinking. Like comfort a big, comfort. I feel yeah. the beyond shame.
1: comfort, all the shame. Yeah, yeah, with the shame, and that's just a thing. bunch of
2: cornbread.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love cornbread. That would be amazing. But then he's like, when you think about what actually does have a high vibration, like. What if you could donate a $1,000 to a charity or learn a new language or learn to play an instrument? And the thought of like, oh, that would be fabulous, you know, like if I could really get good at the ukulele this year that would be amazing that, that's a great idea though so i didn't oh, yeah. have
6: a spare thousand dollars to donate to a charity so right. what i did was run a half marathon and raise the money yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and felt good about myself oh yeah because i
3: got in
0: shape
1: i did
6: <laughs> you got in shape and you did it yeah 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 and even his doctor was happy because i took him a lot of, on a lot of the trainings and, yeah uh, and uh his
1: Numbers were better. Yeah. So it's just a real... Because here's something I've noticed is if you think about one of the things about going through and doing the exercises, which we're kind of like sort of doing a little bit, but um this particular one of ranking things from one to 10, here's why I think it's a good exercise. If you're just going along, have you ever been just going along and all of a sudden you're like, I'm feeling lame. <laughs> like, did I just gain a few pounds and... Uh, Start being lazy and um, and uh, kind of stop going out. Like you just slide into like a state where you don't totally dig how you're living. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody. That. Oh. Everybody's Everybody. Like, what do you mean?
1: Affirmative. <laughs> We're in the club. But my point is is if you could a lot of times it's just like malaise comes over and you don't even know where it came from. But if you can track it back, you can be like, oh, okay, over the holidays, I kind of gave up on my schedule and probably like ate or drank a little too much. And my sleep schedule got off. And then it was kind of hard to get it back on track because the first two weeks of January are just confusing because there's another holiday in there. And then I had to travel a bunch. And then I just kind of all of a sudden was drinking way too much coffee. And then I was sore all the time from driving. Like, how did I get into this state? So what I think is good about this 1 to 10 exercise is it gets you really focused on like, what am I doing physically and with my finance and everything that are a 10 and that are a one? Because what I realized last night working on this was my body is 100% reacting to me being tired and sitting on the couch, me driving all over the state, me working too late at night on my computer, um... My body's like, um, when did this shit start? <laughs> you are, you, you know, like, I don't feel right. My body's giving me signals like, don't do this. This is out of order. You've got to,
4: mm-hmm. like,
1: sitting on the couch and watching two episodes of The Americans sounds fun, <laughs> but I'm probably going to get up off the couch and be like, stiff. It's like the burrito. Wish I'd gone to bed earlier, you know, or whatever. So I think it's a good way to just make a practical plan of like, being in nature is, a high, you know, for a lot of people, a high vibrational thing. Um, you know, get drunk probably isn't. Do you know what I mean? So if there's a lot of get drunk on there and there's, okay, and there's like fours, there's a lot of four. like it's your overall vibration score is coming down. It's a, it's a great exercise, I think. Um And that's how you find your average amount of alignment. So was there anything for you guys that was like your boom lesson, this is worth considering as you were going through it?
3: You know, I like the, um, I'm not sure it was a lesson for me because I don't have a lot of this stuff, but I do have some. Mm -hmm. And that is the caretaker. The story he tells about the caretaker took care of, for the last 20 years, it was taking care of his parents. And then after they passed... He was still acting like the caretaker. Oh, yeah. And he was taking care of all the relics from his great 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 grandfather. Yeah. And Kyle says so. So uh so how do you think he feels about that? Well, he's been dead a hundred years. So he really doesn't he doesn't need yeah. you to carry on the he doesn't need yeah. you to carry on the weaponry from the Civil War. Why do
1: you have yes. Oh my gosh. And I'm a big like get rid of stuff in my house that I don't need so abundance can flow in. Kind of I want to give everything away, right? And when I think about he 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 does that same analogy with like what if you went and stayed at a little cute Airbnb but there was a bunch of boxes of old shit like in the basement and the closets and everything it wouldn't feel comfortable but sometimes we live like that
4: uh-huh. like we
1: live that way in our physical space and we live that way in our body
4: we just saw some side eye oh, oh,
6: oh. we're, we're, we're just kind of looking at well each we other. we had actually a house fire in twenty thirteen and oh, had to move yeah. out of our house for for. Six months. Mm-hmm. And um, more than six months. Really. Seven months, something. Yeah, like our that. friend Julie but, did that. But we it. still yeah. have boxes yeah. in our basement. So yes, oh <laughs> literally gosh. boxes in our basement that From have
3: not been. From yes. oh 2013. We're coming up on the seventh anniversary. You should have
6: a party. Stuff for a we have, well, party. We've <laughs> had a couple <laughs> garage sales, but we need to have a massive garage yeah. sale.
1: <laughs> well, I just the the idea, what it made me think of with him is like with the abundance flow thing is if you've got a bunch of stuff around that you don't use or don't need and you get it out of your realm, then there's room for something else. Yeah. So.
3: And he's, I also like the point that he made that uh, you don't have to worry about that spigot ever running out. You know, that there's always going to be things coming in to take the place of the yeah. the five and unders that you're getting rid of. You know, keep yeah. the especially. He says if the, he talk about trend he didn't call the word trending. I call it trending, but he says you might have a six that's moving up to seven, or you see it yeah. there's a chance of it moving up. He says you know keep those, uh-huh. but if you if you see it on the downswing, you know think of a think of a six as being a three if it doesn't look like it's gonna move up. And I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting to to see it that way. It makes it forced him anyway to do a reevaluation of all of those. After he, yeah. gets, after he gets rid of stuff, because now there's more space.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that definitely... One of the things, um... Uh,
0: yeah.
1: How about, um... We're trying to think of this
2: at the going out side. Oh, the going out? Just pick one. How about that? Oh, uh, I easily find abundance. Yeah. yeah. Out, have we? we didn't do it.
1: No. Oh, it didn't come on. Okay, yes, yeah. so we'll do that in a minute. So... Uh, chasing money is a distraction from the love that you are chasing dis- security is a distraction from the love that you are chasing approval is a distraction from the love that you are in the discovery and embodiment of the unconditional love and wholeness within you. All of that stops. You don't need anyone else to tell you that you're beautiful or handsome or to know that within yourself, you don't need a job or business to validate you. So his, all of this kind of, you are worth you are the thing that you are looking for if you think you're looking for money. It's all your pure creation. You are the vibration that is money. And anything else is an illusion that's been marketed to us or that we've held on to in fear. And so, um, yeah, any other final words? I feel like I'm I'm motivated by this book.
4: I'm definitely motivated to I'm you know, motivated. be focused more on the positivity, Yeah. you know, and, and it, you asked if there was any like bombshell moments and there really mm-hmm. weren't for me, but it was one good reminder after another of things mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, man, I used to know that I used to do that and I'm yes. not doing it so much anymore, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I'm definitely motivated to try and yeah. keep that positivity and that vibration being a little bit better.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to. Make a mantra. I think what I'm going to do is, there was a, he, he's saying things like, You are gratitude. You are love. You are energy. You're not looking for it. It's not somewhere else, you know? And so I would love to make a big, long, recorded mantra that I can listen to just from, you know, like, I am abundance. I am generosity. I am freedom. I am, you know, joy. I am service. Like, whatever the highest callings can be. To, to be like a meditation
3: yeah you need a tambourine with that
1: so. yeah well okay. for sure right.
3: <laughs> probably
1: a what's that little
3: xylophone, xylophone. no that's uh, not uh, it looked like you were
2: it's doing a val- xylophone th- the flugal
1: no i'm trying to think it's something that they have at julie's house it's like wooden slats do you know what i mean it's a west african oh, thing
2: it's just some sort of drum
1: yeah, but it it's sort of like a large wooden flat floor xylophone. Yeah, I know what of. you're
2: talking about. You Hang know what I'm talking it, about. Yeah. It
1: sounds super cool. That, but I think that would be under there. <laughs> or just whispered layered voices, I think would be great also. Okay, so thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Spartanburg. Thanks, Ypsilanti. Thanks, one guy in the UK, if you're a real person. Um, contact me. Look up Reeds and Weeds. Direct message me or send me an Instagram message or however you found out about it. I'm trying to connect with people more and would love to have you come on the show and read books with me. We should be, oh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, co-wrote a book called The Electrician. Yep. Yep. And we're going to talk about that book. Can't wait. March 4th or 18th.
0: We're going to post it. We're going to
1: post it soon. So if you're not on Instagram or Facebook, whatever, do that so you can see what books are coming up. And we're going to go out on this. I was looking up songs about money and songs about abundance and things like that. And this is a mantra that I found that's, that's pretty groovy. So, um, until next time. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you. Okay. Joyously create a bundle easily. Fine, Fine. joyously create a bundle easily. Fine, Fine. joyously create. joyously create